Good morning. It is Kale and Company live right here on WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 on the FM dial, 101.9 FM in Manchester and beyond, and streaming around the clock and around the world on nhtalkradio.com. And today we're going to be discussing a topic that has been in the news quite a bit over the last few weeks, and that is Gunstock. And uh, here in studio today, we have Barbara Comtois. Barbara is a state representative from Belknap 7, and uh, John Plummer, who has been a state rep for a couple of terms in the past, now is running for state senate in the state of New Hampshire from District 2. So, uh, Barbara and John, we welcome you to WKXL. Thank you, Ken. It's a pleasure to be here. And uh, I'm sure for most of our listeners, and this includes myself, the gunstock issue that we've been hearing about over the last few weeks is probably as, as clear as mud. Uh, for, <laughs> I would say for, so. <laughs> for, for many people. And, and that's why we brought uh, you two in here today, to try and clear up some of the misconceptions uh, that are out there some of the uh, falsehoods that have been portrayed, uh, and uh, you know some of the stories that we've heard over the last uh, few weeks. Want to want you guys to clear them up a little bit, and and uh, you know in, inform us as to what is going on behind the scenes at Gunstock, which has been owned and operated by uh, well owned anyway by uh, Belknap County since when? 1950. Well, it actually goes old back. Further than that, John. It was into the 30s. Yeah, in the 30s. In the 30s. Yeah. yeah. It, was a, it was a mix of Belknap County and federal monies, part of the issues. But Yeah, just yeah, oh, move, right. yeah, move in a little closer, John, so okay. everybody can hear you. And uh, so uh, Barbara recently has uh, written a kind of synopsis as uh, what has been going on that has been published recently in the Laconia Daily Sun and the Granite Grok uh, website. And uh, Barbara starts off uh, by saying, in light of what seems to be a disconnect about what is happening with Gunstock, let's try to find, or let's try for some fact-based clarity. And that's what we'd like to get on the show today, is some fact-based clarity. And uh, point number one is, we can all agree that Gunstock is a county-owned asset. That is correct. Belknap County. All right, number two, we can all agree that Gunstock, our beloved county-owned asset, is a is beautiful, beautiful place. It benefits everyone uh, to all the communities of uh, Belknap County. And one fact that many might not be aware of is the mountain cannot be sold, cannot be sold by the delegation or the commissioners. There is an enabling statute from 1959 that is clear on this point. So is that one of the misconceptions that has been out there that the uh, the property, the mountain uh, can be sold by the delegation or the commissioners? I believe that is uh, true and also that we, the delegation, can privatize Gunstock, which couldn't be further from the truth. And what prompted me to write that article is my son, uh, who works in Alton, um, <laughs> said, Mom, people are t- saying, you know, it's your fault. You can sell the mountain and privatize it. I said, I can't. He goes, you need to do something. I said, I'm on the audit committee. You know, I just want to be silent on this. And one day he goes, this is ridiculous. 
and so I pro was prompted to write this article because I needed people to understand what the enabling statute is. Anyone can go online and read it. It's there for the public. And Belknap County Gunstock Mountain Resort cannot be sold or privatized by the delegation. End of story. And I think, John, would you like to add to that? I, I would, because the, uh, the question becomes, what's different this year? Right. Uh, annually, Gunstock has performed an audit, as any good business operation does. This year is different in that the audit is overseen by an appointed audit committee within the, within the, uh, the delegation, and myself as a, as a John Q. Public representative on the audit committee. The other, the other exception to the past decades of audits is that the audit results now go directly to the, through the committee to the, to the commissioners. And it does not stay an internal audit with, uh, within, within gun stock management. So I think that's, that's a significant change for the better. We start off this year with, a, with an audit by saying, gosh, gun stock did really well over the past two years. They made money, first time in decades. Good job. Everything else within the audit really falls into four categories, and that's administrative and operational practices, uh, finance, long-range planning and the execution to those long and short-range plans, any issues and concerns, and that could be flood, fire, yeah. uh, hiring, H-1B visas are a current uh, problem within the hiring in, the, in New Hampshire, mm. and then other areas of concern. But the audit is in process hasn't been finalized, results haven't been passed on to us in the audit committee or anybody else yet. Now l let's get it straight for, for the general public and myself. Uh, both uh, Barbara and John are members of the audit committee. Right. The audit yeah. committee, yes. yes. And uh, that is something, again, like John said, that is new this year. It is to bring transparency and oversight um, to Gunstock. Now, how many members uh, on the audit committee? Three. Three. Oh, so we have two-thirds right here in our WKXL studios today. And But you are not conducting the audit per se. No. You, the uh, audit, they, the Gunstock has had an auditing firm. Mm -hmm. They're the auditing firm for last year, The you know, for every year. Uh, it's the same auditing firm that is continuing on this year. Right. Uh, John and I had discussions with them. We discussed things that they wanted to talk about, we thought needed to be addressed, and it's an ongoing dialogue. And, you know, they've collected a lot of documentation, and now they're reviewing that documentation, we're speaking about it, and then there's some more documentation needed. Um, there's always a lot of documentation, no matter what you're talking about. That right? is right. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes good, sometimes bad. But uh, but nonetheless, so so we know about the audit committee now and the auditors, which are separate. And what about the commission that we we've been hearing about, where you have to have three uh, members of the uh, commission on on board for a gun stock to be open? Well, you have to have three members of the commission. T technically, there should be five commissioners. Mm -hmm, okay. This has been a very unusual year yeah. for the delegation. 
Uh, normally, in a in an election cycle, the delegation is charged with appointing two commissioners mm-hmm. to Gunstock, one each year, okay. um, because they're five-year terms right. and they're s- staggered. So, but this year, um, we had a resignation. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had to appoint a new commissioner. Um, and what we had thought happened was that when you appoint a commissioner, you appoint them for five years. It was brought to our attention in February or March. I'm not sure of exactly when, but because we're going to appoint a commissioner, we're going to say five years. Mm-hmm. Well, they said, no, no. It says that you can only serve out that term. Mm-hmm. Well, that brought into light that there was another commissioner who was serving was supposed to be appointed for five years, but we right. had appointed him to ser- fill out the, he was overstayed his filling out the term by about 16 months. So that brought in another commissioner that we needed to appoint. Which So it's been a very unusual year. Yeah, A yeah. lot of personalities. Um, and in the past, uh, you know, I've been on doing this for a long time. I've been involved with the county process since 2010, really going to the meetings, understanding what happens, how see the appointments. And never in the history have I ever seen, um, you know, a commissioner, a sitting commissioner, try and force who they wanted on the audit, I mean, on the commission. Um, And because it should be an independent process. It shouldn't be, we're going to get people on to agree. I want five different people from five different areas mm-hmm. to so that we can have minds that can come together and work for the best of Gunstock and for the taxpayers, right? We want Gunstock to succeed, but we don't want people, I mean, a little bit of disagreement is good for us mm-hmm. because it brings about <laughs> the best ideas. So again, let, let's like, let's get this point straight before we have to take a quick break here. There are supposed to be five commissioners. Correct. Right, right now there are three right, that, it, that are seated. And that is a quorum. Yeah, okay. And but and in order for Gunstock to be open, there needs to be at least three commissioners, correct? Correct. All right. So we cleared up one issue, but we have to clear up many more. Many. A, as we uh, proceed here, talking about Gunstock and uh, the controversy that's been created over the past uh, three to four weeks here in New Hampshire with Barbara Comtois and John Plummer. Great to have both of them uh, in studio. Dedicated public servants for the state of New Hampshire, specifically uh, Belknap County. And we'll be back right after these words on WKXL. Kale and Company live on KXL and nhtalkradio.com. It is Kale and Company live right here on WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in the Concord area, 101.9 in Manchester and beyond, and streaming worldwide around the clock at nhtalkradio.com. And we're talking about an issue here on the program today uh, that has been uh, discussed widely in the media uh, for the past uh, three to four weeks, and that is Gunstock, a great recreational area in uh, Bel- in uh, Belknap County that uh, is open year-round. Of course, uh, probably best known for its uh, great skiing, but 
you know, they also have uh, summertime activities as well and, and camping and all kinds of activities going on like Soul Fest. Soul Fest, yes, it's uh, this weekend. This weekend. Absolutely. At, at, Starts Thursday and goes through Sunday. Now, is that I an mean, annual Saturday. event? Is that annual? Or? It was, yeah. but it, according to my uh, their contract uh, for Soul Fest, I believe, ends this year. So it's up in the air f- as for next year. Now, going into the, uh, the last break that we just had, uh, we said there were three commissioners on board right now. And, and, you, and then during the break, you said, well, there may be four. And I, there was a meeting held on Monday night, and there's some controversy surrounding uh, its legality, I understand. That is correct. All right, so explain that. because it, Now, is, is everything all straightened out now? Did we get it all straightened out or not? No, we have uh, a, a, a legally noticed meeting um, that has been posted for a while for next Monday, August oh, 8th. Okay. Um, so, um, but what has happened is... Um, the county attorney, I guess uh, certain uh, representative Bean, um, had talked with the county attorney to see if this meeting, one, would be legal. And he c- cited two different RSAs. One is RSA 24, which is under the county convention laws. Mm-hmm. Um as a matter of fact, I had called up um, Representative Sylvia on Friday, said, you know, in light of Representative uh, Commissioner Ness's resignation, do we need to call an emergency meeting? And he says, we do not have the authority to do that. Um, and so, again, this group got together after Representative Bean called every rep under the guise of doing a straw poll mm-hmm. um, that he was go- doing um, for the removal of a commissioner. Now, we're going to fast forward, and then the county attorney also cited 91A colon 2, two I guess. I guess this is, I mean, it's very, it's, it's clear as mud, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, that you can call an emergency meeting within 24 hours for an emergency. Now, we already had three gunstock commissioners. Okay. The two gunstock commissioners could outvote the third gunstock commissioner. It was at my understanding that the management team was rehired uh, by all three of those gunstock commissioners. I'm not sure. I'm not wasn't privy to that mm-hmm. information, but that is my understanding. But the management team refused to come back until what the commissioner was removed. So, apparently, an emergency meeting was called. Uh, because there was, again, there was no emergency. Um, it was just a basic, in my mind. But under 91A2, you can have an emergency meeting within 24 hours, except Sundays do not count. Ah. We were not notified. I mean, I didn't find out about it until someone called me, a constituent called me saying, what is going on? Um, and then I looked in my email, and I had got notice on Sunday at 3.43 p.m. via an email that there was a meeting. But again, Sundays do not count, according to the RSA. A meeting so, on Monday. The meeting on, on Monday. Right. Right. Yeah. So clear as mud, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would have to agree with that assessment. Uh, so at any rate, the meeting was held. It was held. On there, were, there, were a, there was a quorum of state representatives there. Mm-hmm. 
um, to ho- host the meeting. Okay, and a quorum is how many? Um, it should be ten, but we had uh, one member move out of state, so they. Um, so it's it's that is another thing. We are a delegation of eighteen, so mm-hmm. is a quorum ten, or are is, is it nine? Because one member has moved, so again, clear as mud. Yeah, John, what were your thoughts on the the meeting on uh, Monday? I'll go back and say that my uh, that. Uh, as a member of the public, I'm equally confused with everything that's going on. Uh, my position on the on the audit committee is is really quite focused to 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 look inside the process and be able to assure myself and hence my the constituency that yeah they're doing their job. So the politics and the the comments that have been flying around this whole debacle for the past few weeks are beyond me, and as a former public service uh, servant and as a candidate for the Senate, I felt compelled to, to remain silent until I actually knew something substantive was going on and what that could be. I, and secondly, far be it from me to try to comment on the performance and conduction of business being carried out by duly elected uh, representatives and duly appointed commissioners. Let them do their job. I thought I, <clears throat> I thought it a little strange that everything would be held up pending the the return of the previous management, uh, when an alternative and a, perhaps a calmer head approach might be just hire temps to to fill the job until the politics and the process sorted out everything, and clearly that that has yet to happen. Is this whole process is it political? So I would I <laughs> I don't like to say that, but I do believe there is some politics involved. Unfortunately, instead of what's best for the mountain, I do know that there was an interim management team set to go in over two two weeks ago until everything could be sorted out, just to give just so everything could be operational. Right. I mean, right. I mean there were people from all over the county, some that had worked at Gunstock in operation, willing to step up to the plate until everything was figured out, whether they rehired the the old management team or hired a new management team. But apparently, due to, I guess, personalities or whatever, I'm not sure, I wasn't at the meetings, so I can't say for sure, it fell apart. Um, And as I wrote, it was the management team that walked out on gunstock taxpayers, uh, on county taxpayers. They they resigned their commission. So what what was the straw that broke the camel's back? Was what was the the issue that uh, uh, caused the walkout by by management? Well, they. S- I mean, there's a lot of speculation. I mean, I can only tell you what they stated. They stated uh, the seating arrangement is what broke the camel's back. Um, if you're going to be upset about a seating arrangement. A seating arrangement, meaning? So, at a meeting. At a, me- at at a, a, gu- a meeting. At a gun Carrier commissioning. Sitting? Actually yeah. sitting. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, because in normal process, whether it's a school board, a select board, or the delegation, 
if you're holding, if the school board is holding a meeting, right. it's the school board members or trustees mm-hmm. that sit at the table and everyone else um, sits in the audience. And apparently um, it was custom for management to sit around the table at the Gunstock Area Commission meetings. Okay. and But it's their meetings. It's not the management team's meetings. And so... I, apparently, I was not at the meeting. They chose to put them back into the seating. I was at one meeting where the management team said, well, we want to speak as the public. Well, do you want to speak as management or do you want to speak as the public? Good question. Mm. Yeah. So much of the hysteria surrounding gun stock is based on misinformation, as Barbara alluded to. When you see signs everywhere that says "Save Gun Stocks," yep. the question becomes, "Save it from what?" <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. uh, and most people, most of the public that read it, say, "Oh my gosh, we're going to lose gun stock," and that's furthest from the truth, as Barbara articulated well. That there's no way possible to sell it or privatize it. Never on the table. So there, there is a there is a disconnect between all of the publicity and what's possible. All right, we'll get into that after this uh, next break here. We have to pay some bills here on WKXL. And we're talking with Barbara Comtois, who is a state representative representing uh, Belknap 7, and uh, former state rep John Plummer, who is running for state senate in District 2. We will take a break here on WKXL and uh, get back with more conversation and find out exactly where Gunstock stands today and will stand forever, I guess, uh, right here on uh, Kale and Company Live on WKXL and nhtalkradio.com. We are back. It is Kale and Company Live here on WKXL. 1450 on the AM dial, 1039 in the Concord area, 1019 FM in Manchester and beyond. Streaming worldwide, around the clock, at nhtalkradio.com. And if you missed any portion of this program or would like to hear it again, uh, you can listen this evening as it will be rebroadcast at 7 o'clock here on WKXL. Yeah, having been in the uh, Lakes region recently, uh, I have seen these Save Gunstock signs. So who is behind those signs? Who's, who's putting up the Save Gunstock signs? Well, um, apparently uh, a former commissioner and um, Paul, I'm not sure of his last name, are part of it. And I do believe the consultant that they hired is Brian Beal, um, who, you know, is an activist. Mm-hmm. Uh, has been for many years, I believe, throughout the state and maybe the country. I'm not positive, though. So, you know, you you mentioned the, the audit, uh, which has taken place, and uh, apparently Gunstock is doing well uh, financially, having made money over the last yep. couple of years, uh, which, is, which is a good thing. Uh, so... Uh, where, where do we stand right now? Uh, where do we stand with gun, gun stock is open? It uh, is open. It is open. It never uh, closed. It never closed. Never okay, closed, now that's yeah. a misconception too, I think, for uh, that some of the general public, including myself, had. Uh, I thought it was closed for a period of time when management uh, uh, pulled their wildcat strike or whatever they did. 
The Adventure Park closed, but Gunstock itself was never closed. It never closed. Never closed. Ah, okay. So, and the, the, there's been a lot of talk about losing money over this past month. Well, the accumulated salaries for those folks that walked out total almost $50,000. So if in, for cost avoidance, we didn't pay $50,000 out of pocket for those folks. But to, to speak to the bigger issue, mm-hmm. something's going on with gun stock that's beyond, uh, beyond just an audit or a management or an oversight. Uh, and I think that needs to be that needs to be resolved by <clears throat> by the by the legislation by legislation and through due process. So what what is going on that that, that we don't know about? Well, there's a lot of the contention um, with gunstock. Um, I can I'm just going to go back to the appointment of uh, when we were filling out the term of the commissioner who resigned in mm-hmm. January. A group called Friends of Gunstock uh, started this rumor, and I'm going to call it a rumor, that we wanted to sell or privatize Gunstock. And so they had to have only cert- a certain person and had not looked at any of the other resumes mm-hmm. to the commission. But that was not true. And when the pu- we did public comment on who was going to be, uh, we were going to appoint as the ne- next commissioner, the only thing they talked about is you want to sell gun stock. I'm like, so where did that come from? <laughs> it is a good question, but you know, it, it's one that has stuck, and you know, and that's what prompted me to write that article. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I was like, we are bound by law that we cannot sell gun stock. I can't put that any more clearly mm-hmm. than that. Well, I think the bottom line after Monday, there are more questions than there are answers to the whole to gunstock. And I, as a as a member yeah. of the public looking in, and I'm certainly not privy to any of the uh, any of the the meetings, uh, I'm still confused as to why people would walk out, why all the consternation between the commissioners and the ma- the senior managers, still no clear answers. Uh, it. As I said, from my perspective, as a um, former political, uh, as a former rep and hopeful uh, state senator, I just feel it uh, not helpful to have people chime into the middle with speculation or with observations that aren't founded. And that's the main reason I've remained silent until there was action taken Monday, and I felt uh, that was a release for me to, to express uh, uh, myself on, on the air. Now... Do you, either one of you know if the, the commission has ever been approached by private companies to purchase gun stock? I, I know it's, it's, it, you know it's not legal right now, uh, but you know rules and regulations are you know made to be changed. I guess we, we've seen countless you know cases of, of that uh, over the years on a local and national level. Have, has there ever been an approach by a, a private firm to, to buy gun stock? Um, to my knowledge, yeah. uh, no. Um, but it, if if that was the case, it would take the legislature mm-hmm. uh, and this, you know, so the House of Representatives, which is four hundred people, mm-hmm. the State Senate, twenty four people, of which John is uh, running, right, uh, to hopefully be one, and the governor, I believe, signature on a piece of legislation that would allow that. That's a lot of people, um, 
And I don't think the county residents are, want that. I mean, it is a great mountain. We live in a very beautiful part of New Hampshire. Um, no doubt. And I feel very blessed to be there. And I agree. I don't think there's – I'm not aware of any uh, any such talk about privatizing, selling, leasing right. uh, the, op- the the mountain itself. And there's 1,800 acres of, of beautiful land. Yeah. So – and I would hope that after in, – in six months we would look back to this and see this is a blip. Gunstock is still a county asset. It's running well. We're going to have another profitable year. But it is a mystery that still needs to be resolved as to what what is going on between the management and the uh, the commissioners and the delegation. What does it mean in, in tax revenue every every year for for the area? Go, well, go ahead. Well, for the county taxpayers, mm-hmm. um, it's I think it's one point seven five percent of the revenue is supposed to go back to the county to help re- offset their tax burden. That's correct. And this by, by statute. And, and Gunstock is unique in the fact that it's the only uh, county operated and owned uh, mountain in the state, correct? Is that the only one? I think Mount Sunapee might be in a similar situation, yeah. but they leased out the mountain, I believe, to Vail Resorts. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I also believe that Waterville Valley is also a state-owned um, ski area. I'm not positive, but it is also, but it's run by Governor Sununu's family. Right. Uh, I know Chris Sununu was the CEO yes. at Waterville Valley for a number of years. Yes. Uh, before becoming governor, yes, and yep. our general manager worked on, uh, there at that time. Uh, of they the, got a gunstock general manager. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Which is good background for the for the current job for for the performance of the sure. current job. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I've never heard any commissioner uh, say anything negative about the gen- general manager Tom Day. Mm-hmm. Um, as a matter of fact, all of them have spoke highly of what he has done there. Yeah. And, you know, from, from an outsider's perspective, I, I know uh, any number of people who have visited Gunstock, either for their uh, recreational activities in the uh, non-skiing months, and uh, those who have skied Gunstock and said that it was, you know, a, a very, very well-run operation. But, uh, never heard anything negative about uh, Gunstock whatsoever. Right. Uh, and, yeah, absolutely. And uh, you had brought up an, an article um, uh, that's in the uh, paper today, the Concord Monitor. Yeah. Um, and there seems to be some misconception, um, but after speaking to Commissioner Strang, he said he never sent a letter of resignation um, to uh, the delegation for Monday night for them to read. Why was there so much support for him to resign? Uh, it was reported anyway. Uh, that uh, everyone seemed to want him to resign on on both sides of the issue, if you will, uh, the management team and uh, others in attendance. Apparently, it's my understanding that the management team refused to come back as long as he was a commissioner, even though he voted to rehire them. Again, uh, perplexing. It is. Head scratching. <laughs> I, I have 
you know, I have no uh, no information on the uh, on the dialogue or the interactions of either either uh, Commissioner Ness or uh, Dr. Strang on their on the conduction of their duties with Gunstock. Can't offer any kind of insight to to the the cause of consternation between the two the two factors. Mm. Wow. I guess it is, as we've said a uh, few times on the show, clear as mud, right? Clear as mud. <laughs> and, and probably will continue to be for a while to come. But we're, we're trying to shed some light on it with Barbara Comtois, who is a, a state representative representing uh, Belknap 7, and John Plummer, former state rep, who has uh, now uh, put his hat in the ring and is running for state senate in District 2. Great to have both Barbara and John with us today, and we'll be back with uh, one more segment right here on Kale & Company Live from WKXL and all of its platforms, including nhtalkradio.com. Stay with us. Welcome back, Kale & Company Live for a Wednesday. And we're talking gun stock, and we will be for the next uh, 10 minutes or so. Barbara Comtois, state rep, is uh, in the house today, along with uh, John Plummer, who is running for state senate. And uh, John, I know you've been a very successful uh, entrepreneur over the years and have had uh, a number of businesses. Uh, why the run for state senate? What is your, what is your platform? My platform as a, as a small business owner, I'm trying to be unique as a candidate and talk about only those things I actually know something about. And that is uh, s- small business, affordable business, some of the issues being faced by my constituents and fellow small business owners, like how do you keep your employees uh, housed in an area close enough to the, where they work that they're going to continue employment? very hard to keep good good qualified employees and it becomes harder when our rents have doubled in the metropolitan areas in the past six months. So uh, an apartment for two in Manchester is pushing $1,800 a month. Yeah. Uh, difficult to, that alone adds $800 a month more of unanticipated costs for those families. So my my focus has been on what do we do for small businesses to help them with their labor problems and their affordability problems. And that is equally coupled with, uh, with uh, affordable housing. Affordable housing takes more than just dumping money into the situation and building more property at the same cost. It takes a re- reimagination of, of current zoning laws and lot sizes road accesses, everything that tends to make development of multifamily uh, developments, uh, uh, housing developments, more affordable, bringing down the total cost for building a piece of property as opposed to dumping more money to build it at the same cost. Currently, there's a huge glut on, um, there's a huge uh, outcry on cutting, converting current land use properties into uh, commercial properties. And, the, and I'm sympathetic at my age. I'm very sympathetic to, uh, to the concerns of older people with a lot of acreage that they need to sell it when no one is interested in it. But we're losing something that's irreplaceable. That, that is also part of my concern, why I was always concerned with gun stock. 1,800 acres of gun stock remain in the county 
<clears throat> with absolutely no chance of being privatized, sold off, or anything but, but the county use. Very good. All right. So uh, John is running for uh, state senate in District 2, and certainly uh, uh, the uh, lack of affordable housing is an issue uh, throughout the state. Uh, there's no question about that. I mean, the uh, rents are escalating uh, every year. Uh, you mentioned Manchester, but Concord is the same way, and I'm sure it's the same way in the Lakes region uh, as well. So if you can do something about that, John, I, I, I applaud you. I have um, just one more quick comment. Sure. I, have, I have reached out to uh, <clears throat> mayors and town managers as well as small business owners within the Lakes region, within my district, to say, what is it that Concord could do to help you? At a very and I've had good response, good response from the mayor of Laconia on suggestions on how Concord and the, the local um, mayors, mayors or town managers could interact better mm -hmm. uh, to carry out affordable housing and other issues. So I'm, I'm encouraged. Okay. Some, of the, some of the small businesses are, are being innovative and looking to buy apartment buildings where they can house their employees at, at the cost of the mortgage without making a profit. So there's a lot of creativity going on. The stumbling block for many of these efforts are the current zoning and planning mm. boards that need to be educated. Getting back to uh, Gunstock, while we uh, you know head down the home stretch of the program today, uh, there were reportedly some contributions made by the Gunstock management team to the uh, campaign, uh, the re-election campaign of uh, Governor Sununu, and. Illegal, uh, uh, well, border borderline illegal, uh, bad optics. What what is the what is the situation there with the campaign contributions? So the contributions, uh, one in twenty twenty and one just recently to friends of Governor Sununu. Um, one was for five hundred dollars in twenty twenty, not a lot of money, and the other one I believe this year, um, according to the PAC, it, uh, is a thousand dollars. Um, you know, there's an article in the New Hampshire Journal today, uh, or it was August 2nd, um, and they stated RSA 664 uh, that lays out what an illegal campaign donation is. And according to them, um, it bans contributions from business partners and labor unions. So that's not a problem, right? Now we come down to the enabling legislation created for gun stock that explicitly says the commission, which means the Gunstock commissioners, has the power to solicit, receive, hold, and expend any gifts, grants, or donations from any source made for any purpose set forth in this act. So, I did not see any vote by the commissioners for this year's, I didn't go to the prior ones, mm -hmm. but as far as I know, there was no vote to expend money to give to the friends of Governor Sununu. Um, and without a vote, management cannot expend or give donations, according to the enabling legislation. Has to be voted on by the commission. Yes. Okay. All right. So there's, there's that. And then, so in the, in the final <laughs> few moments we have, has this gun stock issue been totally resolved, or there's still things that are uh, up in the air. It's still clear yeah. as mud. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I agree. I think there's a lot. 
there's a lot of settling that needs to happen, and I think there's a lot of uh, uh, a bit more um, sorting out of what needs to be done. But the the process has worked since 1959. We've mm -hmm. had a wonderful a yep. wonderful facility, and I'm sure that uh, these issues will be resolved. Right. In in. We're not saying that there is any wrongdoing on anybody's part here yep. um, at all. It's just, like we said, it's clear as mud. Yeah. You know, speaking to the, the campaign donations, that's one of those issues within the, uh, within the audit where there's a request for more detail. Okay. There's, it's yep. not, there's not an accusation. It's a request for more detail and explanation, as you do on many other items that you come up that, that are presented for either financial or processes. And, and that was done by the auditors or, yeah. or the audit committee? The audit. the audit committee does nothing but provide oversight to it. Okay, yeah. But the auditors wanted yes, more information on yeah. what was done in terms of the contributions. Um, I'm not positive about that. I think that came about because uh, somebody found something on a looked up the pack and I guess there's a website where you could go in and find who donated to who, and that is what came to light. Okay. Um, and then, obviously, you can go look at the Gunstock Commissioner's meetings to see if that was approved. Again, uh, I believe there was a disconnect between management and the commissioners about who actually runs the mountain and et cetera. And again, it's still clear as mud. <laughs> So right now, we have uh, three or four gunstock commissioners in place. I mean, the the perception is three, right? Because they needed three to reopen, although it was never closed, technically, right. but they the had, mountain. But they had always had three commissioners. Okay. Um, yeah. Even prior to Monday's meeting, there were three commissioners, which constitutes a quorum. Mm -hmm. And there was another commissioner named. Uh, at uh, Monday night's meeting, correct. Yes. Named and confirmed. And confirmed. And confirmed. And apparently, a re you know, they accepted a resignation of someone who never gave them, I do believe, for it's my understanding, that never resigned. Dr. Strang. Dr. Strang. So, so as again, far as you know, the two of you know, he is still on the commission, on the Gunstock Commission. That, yes. That is yeah. correct. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you Even know, though reports have been widely to the contrary. Right. I yeah. mean, at the end of the day, it's the, gu the Gunstock commissioners who are responsible for Gunstock Mountain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is not the management team. They are there to run the day-to-day -day operations. Right. Yeah. So. Very good. So that's clear. That's that, clear. That's clear. That's clear. Very good. Well. I, I appreciate both of you coming in today, and it's been a topic that has received a lot of attention, as uh, you well know, in the media. A lot of it uh, has been uh, misinformation or inaccurate information. I don't think anybody's, uh, you know, trying to accuse anybody of anything, but just the facts have been uh, so jumbled out there that uh, nobody seems to know, uh, in the general public, that is, what, what's going on with uh, Gunstock. But to make it clear... As we wind down here on this Wednesday morning, Gunstock is open for all activities. Uh, Soul Fest is uh, going to take place yes. this weekend. Yes. A wonderful event, right? Thursday through Saturday. Thursday through Saturday at Gunstock. And uh, they will be open in the winter for skiing as well. With, as far as with, I know, yes. <laughs> how, how many slopes at Gunstock? I mean, there are an amazing amount of slopes. At, at I think there's seven. Yeah. 
that's yeah. So it's, it's a great mountain. It is. There's no doubt about it. And uh, well, I'm sure we'll be hearing more about it in the not too distant future. <laughs> but uh, John, John Plummer, thanks for being with us. Barbara Comtois, thanks for joining us today as well and trying to shed some light on what's been happening over the last uh, three to four weeks uh, concerning uh, Gunstock. Join us again for Kale and Company Live, and if you missed this program, you can hear it all again tonight at 7 o'clock on WKXL and nhtalkradio.com. Make it a great Wednesday, everybody.